Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Heather, welcome back to the WIC, the walk-in closet. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) Good to be back. So, Heather, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, the only way I know about this or remember this is because I wrote it down in this um, scrapbook I had, but I wanted to be a librarian and Mm. an artist. The things I remember, I did not write them down, So, but I do remember the first thing was I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was I wanted to be a radio host of a show, mm-hmm. like a talk show radio host. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I remember that was because my dad had like recording equipment set up in our basement that he recorded music. He sang, he and my mom sang with a couple, they did like bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. He would set up the recording equipment and I would just pick up the microphone and just start having my own little talk show. Nobody to talk to, nobody to hear me. <laughs> My dad would record me, he'd hit record, and he'd let me listen to it. So, in some ways, I feel like that dream has come true as a podcast Here you host. are. Here I am. Sitting in your walk-in closet. Sitting in a walk-in closet, talking into a microphone. It's pretty doggone cool. Which, speaking of being a podcast host, <laughs> as the both of us are, we are in need of some topics from our audience. So, if you have a topic you would like us to cover, please send us... A message either in the Ask Us Anything, which is on my website that I'll, I'll link in the show notes, or you can hit, hit me up through the Contact Us on my website. Shoot us uh, some topic ideas. We would love, we're planning ahead for the next quarter or further, and so we would love to um, get some ideas on topics. But back to being being what we wanted to be when we grew up. So I want to be a teacher or a podcast host, you want to be a librarian or an artist? What kind of artist? I don't know. I don't remember. I mm. just love to draw. And nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've just blanked on that part of my childhood. Childhood, yeah. <laughs> only know, like I said, I only remember that because I wrote it down. But I, I know in high school, I wanted, in high school, I wanted to be a famous clarinet player, which. Nice. Yes, Buffy. Here we are. Well, but they're big dreams. Big we dreams. like dreams. Yep. So, for this episode 29, we are doing another Movies You Missed. And our topic, or when we talked about what we wanted to be when we grew up, kind of goes along with the movie plot. And the movie that we're going to be talking about today is the 1951 classic, Three Guys Named Mike. Yep. So, Heather, why don't you tell us why we chose this movie and a, and a little bit about it. I don't even know why we chose this movie. <laughs> why we chose It was yours. You chose it. Well, it's a movie a friend of mine, Colleen, introduced me to because she, she and I both love old movies. And so every once in a while we'll get together and watch an old movie together. But like you said, it's from 1951. It's an obscure movie I'd never heard of. I know that some of the actors, um, Jane Wyman and um, Howard Keel, so I know that them, and I think there was um, Van Johnson's in it. There's some others that were in there that are famous, but the actual movie I had not heard of. And it's, I guess it could probably be a B movie. It's probably not one you're going to go if you were back. I don't know how it did in the box office back then, but it's a movie kind of, it's, it's about this girl that wants to be a 
flight attendants. And so she goes to flight in, uh, flight attendant school. And Rose will talk about the plot here in a second. But she, it's just about her and how she meets these three guys. And they're all named Mike. And so it's about her experience <laughs> as a flight attendant. So there's really no real depth to this plot here. But it's just a fun movie to watch. And I will say, if you watch it on Amazon Prime... They give it a PG-13 rating, and I have no idea why, because it's not bad. So when you, if you watch this movie and it comes up with a PG-13 rating, remember it's 1951. It's not going to be bad. There's, there's like a cartoonish fight scene. Uh, There's a couple scenes where the girls get hit on by some sleazy guys, but it's nothing compared to what we see today. They drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes, but everybody did back then. So I don't, I don't. (laughs) Do you think that would be considered, like, do you think that movie would have been considered racy in 1951? I don't think so. I don't either, but. Because it was, if you've heard of pre-code movies, and I forget what year it switched over where they had all the standards. It was G and then PG. Where they came up with a rating system and all that. And then there was that period before then where movies weren't really held to any kind of standard. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be. I mean, it's just a lighthearted comedy and it's just really fun. Don't expect a lot of depth if you decide to watch this movie. Um, It is kind of a talky movie. I think, actually, if you watched it with small children, they'd be really bored, so. Yeah, they probably wouldn't stick mm-hmm. around. But it's a super cute movie, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Rose, usually I introduce the one single thought, but I'm going to let it pass it to you because you came up with it because yeah. it's not actually a line in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's something based on the movie. So our one single thought is something special in the air. Something special in the air. We switched roles. She's she's Ed McMahon and I'm Johnny Carson today. <laughs> so let me explain the one single thought. The movie, and I'll give a summary in a moment, focuses on an airline, specifically American Airlines. And so to come up with a one single thought, I looked back to find what are some of the slogans they had and thinking maybe that might be an applicable one single thought. And the one of the slogans was something special in the air. I think it was back in the 80s or 90s when they used that slogan. Mm. But I thought it was a cool double entendre to the fact that there is love in the air in this movie. And there is something special in the air. So that is our one single thought. Something special in the air. So let me start by saying we're going to do our best not to spoil the the movie. Now, Heather said it's, you know, it's more talky. There's not a big plot. But there is a big part. I mean, the whole plot of the movie um, is revealed kind of at the end. So we're going to do our best not to spoil that for you. So if you want to watch the movie, it's only 90 minutes long. You can find it on Amazon Prime. It's completely free. In fact, you can even Google it on YouTube and the whole movie is on YouTube. Mm. So you don't even have to have a streaming service to be able to watch the movie. So it's really worth the 90 minutes just mm. to watch it, especially since there is sort of a, an answer to this by the end of the movie. As Heather mentioned earlier, this movie is about a flight attendant that becomes romantically involved with three guys named Mike. One is an airline pilot, one is a college professor, and the other one is a successful businessman. And after the three Mikes find out about one another, she's got to decide which one she loves the most, which will not be easy. It's like the 1951 version of The Bachelorette. Uh, that's it! If you watch The Bachelorette, <laughs> you this is, this is for you. This is a much cleaner, more wholesome <laughs> version of The Bachelorette. That's exactly right. So, Heather, why don't you tell us about our main characters? So, there are several characters in this movie, and so we're just going to focus on 
Marcy and her three suitors. So Marcy Lewis, she is played by Jane Wyman. So you might know Jane Wyman. She was married to Ronald Reagan at some point, I think. I know her I know her best as a, the Disney Pollyanna movie. She played Aunt Polly, the mean aunt. She also played in Falcon Crest. She was oh. kind of the evil matriarch. Oh, okay. I don't remember her name, but she was in Falcon Crest. She could yeah. have been our first lady, but she and Ronald divorced. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's Marcy Lewis. She plays the main character. She's the one that goes to flight attendant school, and she has three girlfriends that she runs around with that are also flight attendants, and so they're in the movie. I actually really like them. But then Howard Keel, who, if you um, are a fan of old movie musicals, he played in uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. He has red hair and red mustache. Um, that's the way you all, um, Annie, Get Your Gun, Calamity Jane, Showboat. So those famous musicals, he's a baritone, baritone. A baritone, a baritone. singer, mm-hmm. um, great voice. So anyway, he's much younger in this movie, um, very handsome. Um, he does not have the mustache. He plays Mike Jameson, the airline pilot. So she's the first of the three Mikes that she meets. So the second Mike she meets is Michael Lawrence, Mike Lawrence, and he is played by Van Johnson. He's played. A, he's been in a bunch of old movies like um, American in Paris and Yours, Mine, and Ours. And so Michael Lawrence is a science teacher at a college, and so she meets him on one of her flights where she is that she's working on. And then the final Mike she meets is Mike Tracy, who is a businessman, and he is played by Barry Sullivan. And I am not familiar with him. Do you have you heard of him? I've never, I had never heard of him. I mean, I'm assuming he's done some other things, but he's definitely not as famous as Jane Wyman, mm-hmm. Howard Keel, and Van Johnson. I'm I'm scrolling through his profile on IMDb, and he's done a lot of older TV shows and stuff. So. Which, interestingly enough, the guy that wrote the screenplay, Sidney Sheldon, mm-hmm. he did a lot of TV shows. So yeah, mm-hmm. that might been that might have been how he got connected with mm-hmm. the film. Well, and so Mike Tracy, he's a businessman, like I said, and he's a little more slick. So you've got the pilot, who's kind of this brash, kind of arrogant airline pilot, who's played by Howard Keel. Then you've got this professor, who's kind of mild mannered, very sweet. And then you've got Mike Tracy, who is. A businessman, slick guy, a jet setter. So she's got these three different guys. And she's not, when we say that she's romantically involved with them, we're not talking about 2023 <laughs> involvement. She's just casually talking to them, people. So this is not anything scandalous. <laughs> so, but she, she is in, interested in the three of them. But wouldn't you say that, um, that they imply in the movie that there's romantic interest, even yes. though things aren't like happening like yes. they would in 2023? Correct. So there, this is very clean, but she is romantically interested in the three of them, and she's got to figure out which one she prefers the most. So, Rose, is there a character that stood out to you? Oh, yes. <laughs> My favorite character by far was Mike Jameson, airline pilot. Woo! Howard Keel <laughs> was a haughty totty back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So I remember Howard Keel in like westerns or like the musicals you mentioned, like mm-hmm. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and all that. And I mean, he was he was good looking then, but oh my goodness, in this movie, I, you know, maybe it says something about being that I like a man who 
has a little bit of an heir to him who feels, you know, he pretty much like, I know what I'm doing, and a confidence, but maybe a little more arrogance than confidence. Mm-hmm. He was my favorite. I loved him. And I just liked the way even, look, I'm all about some 1950s romance. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on the whole, you know, 2023 types of romances. But I just love the way he was sweet to her and was romantical with her. And just, I don't know. I just, maybe it's because I thought he was cute from the beginning. So in the scene that we see him first, he's driving down the road in a convertible on his way to the airport singing and sees her broken down on the side, her with a taxi broken down on the side of the road. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he's like, at the you know, the damsel in distress and mm-hmm. all of that. I don't know. I just. Well, I think it was fun that they actually got, they had to get him singing in there because. Yes. Because he's such a great singer. They he did have is. to have a clip of him singing, even though it wasn't a musical. So. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. He was, mm, he just, <laughs> he stole my heart, let me just say. So, Heather, I'll stop about it. So, Heather, <laughs> which, which character stood out to you? To be honest with you, I liked, there wasn't really one character that stood mm-hmm. out to me, but I really just liked the interaction of the four women. Oh, yeah. I, I'm kind of weird. I, one reason <laughs> I love these old weird movies is because I love seeing just everyday life mm-hmm. in that time. So I love, like there's a scene where they're all sitting around the breakfast table because they, they all live together in this house. They're all roommates. Mm-hmm. And I just love the interaction and watching how people interacted back then because it's supposed to be a reflection on, I mean, it's, it's dramatized of course, but I don't know. I just like watching their friendship and just that interaction with the other flight attendants. It was cool. It's kind of weird. No, I don't think so. Like, because we see their friendship from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? When they mm-hmm. go to the stewardess, they go to school yeah. to be a stewardess. Because back in the day, it was stewardesses, not flight mm-hmm. attendants. And those girl, those four girls became friends just because they all roomed together. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, yeah, I think that, no, I think that's a really cool way to look to, to a good yeah. observation. Well, and the other thing that I like about this movie is that if you're really into the glory days of air travel, like the mm-hmm. retro out air, the, mm-hmm. what we see about, you know, where everybody dressed up to go on trips mm-hmm. and way before 9-11, when people right. could just walk right up to the plane, your people could people dropping you off could walk with you out to the plane and we get to see that how lax everything was and it's just kind of it's just kind of refreshing and charming there's something about it that just helps you to like oh this is a great time to be alive and to go fly when there's no airline regulation yes (laughs) so absolutely yeah so i just loved i love watching just the the different people interacting with each other. I don't think there was one person that really stood out to me. Did you have a favorite scene in the movie? I did. So my favorite scene is on Marcy's first flight. Mm -hmm. No coincidence that Captain Mike Jameson was the pilot, (laughs) but that really wasn't part of the, the, my favorite scene. So she, this was her first flight. She's trying to do everything she learned in stewardess school and they're up in the air. They're flying from Chicago to Nashville, which it made it seem like it was a much longer flight because they were serving food. Mm-hmm. And I've flown from Chicago to Atlanta, which is a little bit further than Nashville. And you don't get no food on a flight like that. So I don't know if At least back, not today, not today. So I don't yeah. know if maybe flight flight times are longer than we just have better airplanes. I, I don't know. Somebody, I don't, I don't know. But the whole that whole scene is laugh is just hilarious because yes. the fact that and this is a spoiler alert, but we have to talk about this because this is just so. <laughs> 
you have to suspend your disbelief on this because Mm -hmm. she forgets to stock the plane with the food. And so they have to turn the plane around to go back and get the food. Mm -hmm. And so because she forgot to get the food, first of all, my question is, how do they forget to put the food on the plane when they've got the trucks with the food on it? Yes. Like, wouldn't they just drive the plane? Right. Or wouldn't they, like, you know, contact the pilots and go... Hey, we still have your food. Yeah. What I loved about that scene, well, first of all, she's on her first flight. She's passing out magazines, which you never see that happen either. And she comes across like a foreign flyer who can't speak English. So she's mm-hmm. trying to communicate with him. And another man that keeps asking for food. And then she goes back. She opens the door where all the food should be stored and it's empty. And I literally think my stomach dropped because I was like, <laughs> Oh no, she's gonna have to go in. She's gonna have to tell the pilots we don't have any food. How are we gonna? What are we gonna do? Never in my wildest dreams did I think they were gonna go back to the airport, but they did. And Captain Jameson did not let her forget that one. That is so funny. Um, but yeah, so well, that was then, interesting. And then she goes. She has to go to the authorities. So after they land and they get to where they were going, she has to go to the high up guys and confess that you know yeah get in trouble because she forgot the food because for some reason it was her job to remember to put the food on the plane mm-hmm. and then he says because of you the aviation stocks are tumbling because <laughs> yeah. she forgot to put, <laughs> put food yes. on the plane oh that was so, yeah that was a little unbelievable yeah, as well but it's just you have to although captain jameson is the reason she didn't get herself fired because <laughs> he true. went in for bat for her so that That's was good true So, Heather, what was your favorite scene in the movie? So, later on in the movie, my favorite scene, so she and her friend, they are on a longer flight, and they've been doing this for a while now, so their old hands are pros at it now. So, she and her friend are working this flight, and there's a passenger who keeps ringing the bell for a stewardess to come up. And they're talking about him and they're saying, oh, it's, that, it's this guy who's basically this guy's been hitting on them the entire time. And so they're like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And it's like the call of the wild and all of <laughs> So she's like, I want to handle this. So she, uh, Marcy goes down the aisle to this guy and he's hitting on her and he's like, you know, come to my hotel room. So this is where it gets a little, I guess, PG, but it's nothing compared to, to today. He's like, come to my hotel room, we'll eat dinner, and we'll go out, and all this stuff. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So then this other passenger, a few rows back, is also hitting on her. He rings his bell. She goes down there. He's hitting on her, too. And he's like, come out with me, go out with me, or whatever. So she goes back and forth between, between these two guys. So the original guy gives her an extra key to his room. He says, come at my, to my room at 7 o'clock. So she says, okay. So then she goes back to the other man and gives him the key, says, show up at 7 o'clock. <laughs> so she's basically yep. pulled one over on the both of them. And so later on, she goes out with one of the mics, and they're at a, a club or something, and she sees the original guy who gave her the hotel key, and he's got a bandage over his eye. So you're assuming that <laughs> yep. the guy showed up thinking he was going to be with Marcy, and they see each other, and they get into a fight. And she gives him this really funny look, and that whole scene is really funny to me. Just the, the way she um, bamboozles the two of them <laughs> for trying to hit on her. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That was funny. And the, the scene where the, they let the dog out. Oh, yeah. So there's a... Is that the same flight? Because it was another long flight. There was another... Yeah, there's another one. There's another there. long flight. And it's the flight where she does meet the second Mike, the professor. And there's a little girl on the flight. And she can't sleep without her dog. And her dog is back in a cage. And 
you know, mm-hmm. storage or whatever. And so Marcy ends up letting the dog out and then the dog runs free and the whole, the whole plane <laughs> starts screaming. It's just so funny. The original who let the dog out is uh, Marcy Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you were Marcy, would I don't think I need to ask you this, but which mic would you have chosen? <laughs> Mike Jameson, hands down. Howard Keel, my heart throb of the movie. <laughs> I think, I I mean, if I were Marcy Lewis, I would have chosen him because they both liked air travel. And that was, that was her whole life. Like, even, she knew all the meteorology, like, she, like, Mm -hmm. aced all the meteorology stuff. She could tell all the other students all the the knowledge about it. So, she loved traveling. She loved air travel. So, if I were Marcy Lewis, that's who I would have chosen. Mm -hmm. But you'll have to watch the movie to see who she really does choose. So, Heather, we always like to look at the spiritual aspects. So, are there spiritual aspects we can glean from this movie? I wouldn't say spiritual so much as, you know, there's other movies like You Can't Take It With You where there were some very clear Mm -hmm. spiritual themes in there that we could have pulled from. I think this one is such a silly, lighthearted movie. It's hard to to get really deep with it. But I think there are some, some themes... In terms of doing the right thing, mm-hmm. so the whole the whole fiasco with the food, right? Um, she does go and confess. She she owns up to her mistake and and makes tries to make it right with her superiors. Not to give too much away, there's a, a fight scene, <laughs> uh, a fist fight scene. It ends up in the media and causes this big crazy thing, and all the mics are implicated and and they're all fired from their jobs. And so she goes to or each suspended one, or suspended from their jobs. And she goes to each one of their employers to make it right, to explain what happened. So she she really does have a conscience and really wants to do the right thing. She's got a high character because mm. she doesn't want people to think wrongly of her. And so in terms of like just a role model, even in a, a silly movie like this from 70 years ago, we can look at this and like, okay, you know what? There's some, there's some good things in here we can pull from. And my favorite Mike was... Um, I did like the Howard Keel character, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also liked Mike Lawrence. He's portrayed as having a strong character and a desire to teach people. So he wants people to learn and to carry that on to teach other people. And there's this little dialogue they have where he talks about the importance of teaching and how passing on your knowledge will carry your knowledge on to other generations and that that's making it sound really flowery and Mm -hmm. grandiose but it's really what he was saying is that you know what you're what you teach even as a teacher or just really anybody what you teach you're passing on your knowledge to other people down the road and so there's some good there's some good things in there that even in a silly rom-com from 1951 we can pull out you know talking about that made me think about the scene where the photographer which is you have to watch the whole thing again it's telling a lot of the story but the mike tracy that's the businessman the ad Mm -hmm. exec um set her up with a photo shoot and the photographer i think had an interest in her called her to come right away to do more photos and really just was wanting to woo her Mm -hmm. and seduce her and she refused and so that's some integrity there of not just falling for his yeah, she went, and then yeah. when she realized what he was doing, she didn't... She didn't even partake of, of getting anywhere near taking, letting him take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you this question. If you were Marcy Lewis, who, which Mike would you have chosen? I like the pilot, just because I like their banter with each other. Mm-hmm. 
but I really liked the the teacher because I think he had more depth and I think he really seemed like he would be there. Like I didn't like the the businessman at all. Yeah, I think either. he was kind of a slick willy. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I, either one of them really. But I mean, again, it's a lighthearted movie. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of depth of character development. It's kind of hard to know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Is there anything about the movie you didn't like? I would say probably the abrupt ending. Mm-hmm. So I told Heather this the first time I watched it. I watched it more than once. So to tell you that it, you know, it is something you could watch more than once. There wasn't really a buildup to the ending. And the ending is really where Marcy chooses which mic she ends up with. And so when the movie is about to end and, you know, I'm just watching it. And all of a sudden, like within a matter of less than five minutes, she's made a choice and boom, the movie's over. I literally had to rewind to <laughs> the back of the movie up and go, what just happened? Is this, is this it? This is the end? Watching it the second time, though, I was prepared for, oh, this is the end. And it was, wasn't quite as abrupt. But other than that, I think, you know, all in all, it was, it was pretty good for what it was. So, Heather, is there anything you didn't like about the movie? Um, I, it was a little, it was a little drawn out, I guess. It just seemed like the plot was a little slow Mm -hmm. to me, but Mm -hmm. that might just be, I'm comparing it with other movies I really like. So, I don't, I don't think this movie is for everybody. I think some people will be like, this is the stupidest movie ever. This movie's really, really boring, but if you like the nostalgic part of the the air travel they show like the the planes in flight and then them setting up getting ready to take off and all that so there's a little bit of that pseudo action there but there isn't a whole lot of excitement in the plot but it is just a cute movie so to waste an hour and a half on that's not a bad it's not a bad bad waste of time no if you Mm -mm. just need someone i watched it twice so obviously (laughs) yeah so let's rate this movie uh, with our one to five popcorn box rating with five boxes is excellent and one box terrible. What is your rating and why? I would give it three popcorn boxes, which is right in the middle because I think it was a good movie, but the ending was somewhat unbelievable and abrupt. And as I mentioned before, it just sort of like, boom, it was over. <laughs> no, really build up to it. But I will tell you that to me, it is a nice Sunday afternoon movie to watch while you're catching up, catching a nap. Let me explain. (laughs) When I was growing up, Sunday afternoon, our local stations, because that was back in the day when you didn't have cable, almost always showed Doris Day movies, Mm -hmm. those old movies from the 50s and 60s, exactly like this one. And it was the type of movie that you could watch, Mm -hmm. but you could doze in and out of, and if you got to the end you pretty much like you didn't Mm -hmm. miss a lot in between yeah so that's what i I think about this movie is that it would be a good one to put on to watch and kind of like doze in and out on because it's cute and i i mean i do like you mentioned the the all the airline stuff like they showed a lot of the stewardess school Mm -hmm. and i you know they had this thing set up where they had to walk down the aisle with food while it was being like the plane was like simulating turbulence it was kind of funny because one of the ladies, like, seriously threw out the food over the yeah. edge because she fell and all that. But, yeah, I would give it three. I would give it three popcorn boxes. I wonder how much of that training was actually accurate. I don't know. I wondered that, too. I mean, I, I haven't. I know they do simulations and stuff in real life. But, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I wonder how much they pulled from the way things were really done back then and how much they made up. I mean, they still do flight attendant school now. Mm-hmm. 
So, and it's pretty long. It's like two or three weeks of pretty intense training, but it would be good to know that because yeah. like, especially the more scientific stuff, like yeah. the meteorology stuff. It was, I thought that was kind of interesting, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't totally believable, but yeah. So Heather, what's your rating? I would also go with three. I love the old nostalgia and the, mm-hmm. the cuteness of the movie. There's, like you said, there's just some stuff. And it's probably just because we're expecting too much out of a movie that's 70 years old. But <laughs> <laughs> there's some unbelievable things. Like, they teach them at the flight in the flight attendant school or the stewardess school. They teach them how to sterilize the, pil- the pilot's microphone <laughs> at the beginning of the training. And so the teacher shows them. You don't actually see them doing it, practicing it. So then when... Marcy goes for her first flight. She does it wrong. But like, is that the only time that they learned how to sterilize a microphone? I, maybe. There's just some. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of school is this? <laughs> so it almost seems like an age yeah, of COVID having to sterilize know. the microphone. But yeah, there's just some silly. Th- and then the whole thing about the leaving the food and having to, and because of that, the aviation stocks tumbled. That's just there's just some silly stuff like that that. It just makes the movie silly and fun. and But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a movie from 1951, and you can't expect too much <laughs> from that. And I would also say, like, to allow your disbelief to not take over, mm-hmm. I'd also say relax about some of the things. Don't get all bent out of shape about the fact that they're called stewardesses. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if that's an issue for you, then don't watch the movie because... You know, it's very much 1951. I would say that men probably still hit on flight attendants today, but there's probably a lot more protection in place for that kind of thing and all that stuff. So you've got to kind of put aside when you're watching a movie, like you said, Heather, Mm -hmm. that's 70 years old. It's a period piece. No different mm-hmm. than if we watched uh, the Jane Austen movie that was set yeah. in a in a you know centuries ago. I find it enjoyable to look at that because to me that's history. Yeah. And it's also when my parents were young newlyweds, mm-hmm. and I like to kind of see what life was like for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's a funny scene too, though, that she um, when she's stuck with a flat tire with a taxi driver on the side of the road, the taxi driver doesn't know how to change the tire and she's telling him how to do it Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to listen to her. Yes. So that was actually kind of surprising. That was in there to Mm -hmm. me. Marcy Um, was a pretty progressive woman. She was, I mean, even in the very beginning of the movie, her dad doesn't understand why she wants to be a a stewardess. Why mm -hmm. doesn't she want to stay here and get married? Yeah. On another note, I don't know if you made a correlation, but when uh, so there's this fight scene at the end with, uh, this is not a surprise, most likely, because if you have three suitors going after one woman, there's going to be a big fight. Absolutely. But there's a fight scene towards the end where the mics get in a big fight. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard Keel throws the first punch. And of course, it's a fake punch. It's totally yes, fake. Yes. Just the sound effects are horrible. Yes. But that just made me think of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yeah. And like, yes. of course he's going to fist fight over a woman. Absolutely. I wonder how tall Howard Keel is. He looks pretty tall in this movie. Heather's going to look that look up and up. see if we can see how tall. Because I feel like he was way over six feet. Well, this says he was 6'4", and he looked pretty tall. A 6'4", that would make sense. Mm-hmm. I would expect him to be 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. He looked tall. Whew, he looked so tall. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> uh, okay. 
that really wraps up our synopsis of this movie and we won't tell you who she ends up with if you're interested in going to watch the movie on amazon prime or youtube it is there for free so just to repeat her one single thought from earlier marcy she's up there living her life enjoying her life as a stewardess meeting the man of her dreams but we're not going to tell you who that is <laughs> but something special in the air and it's marcy she's special she is special <laughs> Okay, Rose, what's your one random thought? My one random thought is also my one seeing thought, (laughs) which is, I believe I can fly. (laughs) So in the movie, there was an instructor that they showed, pretty much the only instructor they showed. There was another one, but the main one was an instructor of the stewardess school, and it was Barbara Billingsley, who went on to be Mrs. Cleaver in Leave it to Beaver. Now... This wasn't the first time that Barbara Billingsley was in an airplane. She was also in that comedy classic of the 80s, Airplane, as the Jive Lady, the lady who could speak Jive. Now listen, if you haven't seen Airplane, you need to watch that too. I have not researched where you can stream it, but I'm sure it's somewhere because it's old. Don't watch that with small children, though. Yeah, that one's not one to watch with small children. Or any children. Really. Or, yeah, or any children. But if you've never seen it, it's pretty doggone hilarious. And Barbara Billingsley was in that movie as well. So, yeah, Barbara Billingsley was uh, was well, part of three guys named Mike. And, you know, I didn't even realize that was her until you pointed it out to me. Yeah, she. I saw her and I was like, wait a minute, I know that woman. And sure mm-hmm. enough, it was her. And I thought, well, this isn't her first movie about an airplane. She was in Airplane. And I looked up to see what her name was, and all she's credited to is Jive Lady. <laughs> because there are people speaking Jive. And oh, that can... scene is so funny. Yes. Again, a little offensive to today's society, but the overall movie mm-hmm. is, is pretty funny. It's it's. I think there's like some questionable scenes in there. There are yeah. some questionable scenes, so don't watch it with children. So, Heather, what's our one Ricky thought today? It doesn't have anything to do with air travel, but it's just a funny story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My one Ricky thought is Beatlemania. Beatlemania. (laughs) (laughs) The other day, uh, it was early morning, and I was piddling around trying to do some stuff. Ricky had eaten breakfast. He was playing and whatever he does. And he was fixated at something on the floor. He was focused on it. That always scares me because I'm like, I don't know what he's staring at. I don't want to know. It's probably a bug or something worse. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know what it is. It's never something worse. It's always a bug. It's always a bug. (laughs) But anyway, I go over there to see what he's doing, and it's a beetle, a little brown beetle. Ooh. Ricky is playing basketball with a beetle, essentially. (laughs) He's he's batting at it and kicking it around the floor. Did he kill it? Well, he picks it up with his mouth and throws it up in the air. And the poor beetle, I felt kind of bad for it. And it's like it lays on its back and its legs are oh, wow. writhing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, kicking it around and stuff. Then he picks it up in his mouth and runs from one room to the other and puts it back down on the floor and kicks it around some more. So he's running around the house with a beetle in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> not having those teeth, having he's stopped not, him. And he's not eating it. He's not eating the beetle. He's, he's just, just holding He's just it. carrying it around <laughs> Oh At breakneck speed with the zoomies mm. running around the apartment with a beetle in his mouth. And finally, he came to a stop and the beetle 
was dead. Because oh. I don't think a beetle could survive all that. <laughs> I don't think survive so. all that. Listen, that beetle was probably ready to go on to glory because yeah, it was, it's his poor it was little really... legs kicking up. Oh, that was his, that's terrible. But he was so proud. Ricky was so proud of himself. He had caught him a beetle and he was parading around the house with it. So once the beetle died, did he realize that? Like, no. Did he leave oh, it no. Alone? He was oh. still messing with it. And mm. I finally was like, Ricky, this is done. You've, you've taken care of it. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Let's put this away. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go back to the movie. <laughs> Rose, what is our one single question? Our one single question tonight is, as we always do with our movies you missed, what is your favorite line? So, Heather, what's your favorite line? All right. Going back to the scene with the the two, guy, the two sleazy guys on the airplane who are hitting on the stewardesses. Mm-hmm. The two girls are back in the back saying, okay, who's going to be the one to go up and answer his, the bell and, and take care of this guy? <laughs> they're, they're going back and forth and they're talking about them being wolves. Essentially like, oh, there's the call of the wild again. And, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it was night, this was an evening flight, they'd be baying at the moon and all this stuff. <laughs> and so the bell rings and... The one girl's like, okay, so who, which one of us is going to go take care of this man? And Marcy goes, I'll handle it. I've got a hunting license. <laughs> that's kind of the quick banter you have, like, like yeah. in the movie. Like, that's, I like that kind of, hu- that, mm-hmm. that kind of humor is very much prevalent in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? So, I think my favorite line is from the last scene, and I will describe it without giving away the plot. Marcy chooses her final mic and based on some things that take place in that final scene which I won't share because it could give away the plot Mm. she basically is breaking some rules which will not be the first time she's broken rules as a as a stewardess because that Mm -hmm. has gotten her into trouble more than just the first flight Mm -hmm. one mic says to the other these are the two mics that weren't chosen one mic says there goes Marcy breaking the rules. And the other Mike says, rules weren't made for Marcy. And that's my favorite line. Rules weren't made for Marcy. Which I believe ex- describes her very, very well. She does not mm-hmm. follow the rules. She lives her life as she wishes. So that is my favorite line. So we've wrapped up another Movies You Missed and... We will continue to find obscure, weird movies that mm-hmm. you might want to watch and uh, share those with you. Can I say this, uh-huh. though? I feel like we accomplished a lot by going through that whole movie and not sharing the, the mic know, she that chose. Was, so that should make good. you all really excited about mm-hmm. watching the movie for no other reason to figure out who she chose. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will see you all next time. We will be back in your feed on August 22nd. So until next time. Don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 